Welcome to the Georgia Songbirds. We are here with Mr. Jonathan Foster. Introduce yourself, Jonathan. Hey, how you doing, Jesse? My name's Jonathan Foster. I'm a singer-songwriter out there on the road right now. I currently live in Redding, California. I grew up in the Adirondack Mountains up in Cranberry Lake, New York. And um, I'm on a, gosh, June through November tour this year, basically. And I've got three dates here in Georgia. This is the last one. We're here on a on a Monday. I'll be playing in Woodstock tonight. At uh, the Copper Coin, right? The Copper Coin. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You, you said Redding. I have a buddy from Redding. So when a number popped up, 530, I was like, is Shane calling me? <laughs> It's not uh, Shane Houchins by chance. No, it's right. um, Peltier. Okay, I don't know Shane, that Shane. Because <laughs> he's from Redding, California, him and his wife, Kate. And they, uh, the, when they called me, it's always a 530 number. Nice. I'm like, I know that, I know that area code. <laughs> That's such a small world. As big as California is, that you come from Redding. Well, I thought maybe I'd pick the right Shane, but we'll have to meet the other Shane sometime. <laughs> Two Shanes in the same city. How could that happen? Right. <laughs> Sounds like Reddy's a kind of a country town. Uh, you know, we're, yeah, we're a little more rural, way up uh, halfway between Medford, Oregon and Sacramento, California. So okay. it's up in Shasta, um, you know, kind of the, the upper fifth giant state that it is. But yeah, we're surrounded by national forests. Um, Sacramento River comes down. We have Big Shasta Lake and Mount Shasta and Whiskey Town National Recreation Area and Lassen National Park. We're a city of 90,000, but you see the same, the same people everywhere you go, and it's yeah, more of a small-town feel. It's, it's grown rapidly in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Now, how did you get to Georgia from California? It was a big drive. I didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't exactly uh, do, uh, do a straight route either. I've been on, uh, the tour started June 3rd, mm-hmm. and I left home June 12th, and so um, I played all the mountain states. And then dipped into the southwest and, and crossed Texas, play, you know, spent about a week in Texas and then did the Gulf states. And so on this, like, you know, last week or so, it's been like, you know, Austin to Little Rock, Mississippi, Baton Rouge. And, um, and then um, the last couple nights have been in, in the Atlanta area. Okay. Uh, and uh, so it's been good. That's, so a little circuitous route. It took me about a month and a half to get here. <laughs> I'm going to fix this because I, I see it about to fall on you. Oh, I had one earlier. So that's technical difficulties, people. We have them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real world. That's right. Now, um, where's the best place you played so far that you enjoyed the most? Ooh, that's a good question. No offense to all the others that were amazing, right. but uh, you know, it, probably because it's fresh right in my brain. Um, I was just in Clarksdale, Mississippi. You know, at the crossroads, Robert Johnson's crossroads. Okay. And um, the the historical, you know, faction of the blues there. It's just south of Memphis, and it's on that trail down to down to the Gulf of Mexico. That was really inspiring. I was at the Shack Up Inn. It's a pretty iconic venue. Um, it's kind of, it's a you know revised, uh, restored cotton gin. That was a great oh, stage. Wow. A lot of cool blues players have played on there. And you know, I, I'm I'm not a blues player necessarily, but the folk in Americana crossover with acoustic blues, and there seems to be a kind of a, a you know, some kind of similarities that they, they at least embraced me there. Anyway, that was a really cool show. And, uh, and it's like, but every stop has its unique things. There's, there's a rarity where I say, you know, oh man, that was terrible. I'm never going back there again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for the listeners, no, I mean, you know, last night in Mableton, Georgia was awesome too. <laughs> where do you play in Mableton at? As the green room. Okay. Yeah, I'm they're doing a great job there. Great stage, great sound, food. Um, I haven't been there, but I know uh, Ann and... I think Larry run like an open mic down there. Yeah, I met them. Did you uh, meet them yesterday afternoon? They had a whole crew in there doing their jam and, and open mic. It's fun. 
And uh, we guys, if you don't know, we're talking about uh, Ann Carol Coles. I think they say name Ann, but it's nothing to lose as their band that they play in. I think David played with them too. Yeah, and I think they'll be. I think they have a performance slot in August too. So check them out. Okay. Yep. Uh, I, I got to get up there, Ann. I know you. you you've told me about it and i just i get so busy and with other stuff i forget so not so far away they've got yeah. ice cream and wood-fired pizzas can't be beat <laughs> <laughs> now do you did you book everything yourself um i'm pretty fortunate last two years i've had uh, help with the booking i have a booking manager his name is christopher and um and we work together uh, hand in hand almost daily on these tours okay. and um so before that um so this is my 10th year on the road doing you know cross-country stuff and um before that was also uh you know do it yourself um but now it's it's mostly him doing the national stuff and but I still have my fingers and everything and I have to communicate regularly with with him and the venues and and then media for like yourself for for getting the word out on what we're doing yeah. and um, so it's yeah it's it's a labor but it's uh, it's great because you get to play and see so many neat places and and meet great people musicians and and uh, see the world that's really cool and what we'll do like I said we'll play get to play a couple live and the last song we'll do live if you want well i'll record like on facebook live and then that way you can tell people that you could be at copper coin tonight and because this won't come out until obviously after you've already played but sure. that way you can people may want to come check you out yeah that there too because i, I want to do tours like that so how did you meet up with with chris he's like part of a pub a uh, publishing company or not publishing company but uh promoting yeah he's he's a essentially a booking agent um, he's a freelancer now, okay. and um, but he's been involved in the industry for at least a dozen years, um, all over the place. And um, so he found me, um, which uh, was probably one of the better things that happened during the shutdown year of 2020, when all the shows got axed and I didn't tour mm-hmm. for the first time in a while and didn't know if it was going to happen again. And so that was a, a big, uh, you know, bring up the crossroads again. That was a decision that had to be made of either, you know, go full bore or really take a big step back after all the effort that was put in that year. But so between that setup with, um, you know, forecasting, we played over 150 shows last year. We'll probably hit the 200 at the end by the end of this year. And, um, but, you know, and the, the other big thing during that shutdown is I released this new record that I, that I gave you. It's called Lantern Shade. And um, so that's helped um, kind of take a step up to this is my fifth studio album, but this one's gotten the most attention and, um, and kind of, you know, grown a little bit of legs to, uh, to help out these, these uh, endeavors that we're <laughs> embarking on right now. And I appreciate you for giving me that. So, guest, if you don't know, he brought me a, a gift. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. I have some guests that bring me some, some good gifts. <laughs> you come up to me on stage and say, Georgia Songbirds, I'll give you a gift, too. <laughs> All right. George, you let me know if they do, because I, I like knowing when somebody's like, oh, I got it. Because I had one person tell me that they did a um, collaboration because they met from, they heard a, a guest on the podcast. Awesome. And so they wrote a song, and then they let her come on and sing. And I was like, that's cool. I like stories like that because I want to hear um, all of the all of the different stories. And I, I told somebody once that I think one day there's going to be like a wedding, like these people met on the Georgia Songbirds and got married. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Got to adjust that a little bit. Hopefully, I didn't pull it. No, it's <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I can hear you out of one ear. It's driving me crazy. Oh. Can you still hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, I can hear. One. I, I'll just deal with it. <laughs> hmm. Drives me crazy. It's I know it's just a connection because it's it's this line right here. So if I pull on it some, <laughs> um, so tell everybody how you got started, Jonathan. 
Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, I did get my first guitar when I was 15 years old. Okay. And the first song that I ever um, performed and published uh, was a, around 18. And um, and I had, um, in school, I went I went out off after high school, I went off to, to college, and we had a... We had a club band in school that helped pay the bills, play the cr- classic rock hits of the day, and uh, we had a, you know, in, in the in-house studio and do house parties, things like that. And so, that's where I first kind of got, you know, the gumption to, you know, figure out performing and cut your teeth a little bit, if you will, even mm-hmm. though it was not re- the real world. I would say at school necessarily, but. Um, I was writing all the while when I was supposed to be studying, you know, or breaks, right? Oh, yeah. And, um, and so I, I never really stopped doing that, um, but I really didn't get into what I'm doing, like, exactly right now, um, a, a little bit, like, maybe 10 years later okay. than that. And so the last, uh, the last dozen years have been very dedicated and very busy in that realm, um, but from, yeah, from, like, the normal standpoint of the 18 to 22-year-old, like, trying to make it big, that wasn't exactly what I was doing. I, I, <laughs> I figured some other things out first and then tried a second go at, at, a, at plan B, essentially, <laughs> and it's, it's worked out, you know. Now, when you're playing out all these places, do you do mainly your, your stuff, all originals, or do you have to throw in covers, too? It just depends on the night, um, mm-hmm. but primarily I'm known for my songwriting, and um, so that's what I try to feature. But some, you know, some nights um, when you get asked to play three hours, you're going to get a mix in of, of some songs, you know, too, just to, you know, both for me and you, the yeah. audience, and um, just depends on the show. So, you know, sometimes you're, you're really f- featured for, for the songwriter side, but, you know, on some nights you're the entertainment in the background at the brewery type right. of deal. It's a good way to practice, too. <laughs> Indeed. It keeps you on your toes. And, you know, I like to say I like to do the gecko thing where I can fit into anywhere. <laughs> now, I, I always ask these songwriters because I'm I'm, I'm, I know the. I usually know the answer. Um, what's some of the the weirdest requests that you get for? <laughs> the weirdest. I know. I know the normal is you get Tennessee whiskey and you get yeah. a wagon wheel and. I got Freebird last night. That hasn't died. Um. I still. I'd rather do Freebird. Anybody who's listening to the show knows I will do Freebird more than I'll do wagon. I hate wagon wheel. <laughs> I'm with you. I've never performed wagon wheel solo. But I got forced to do it on stage with others a couple of times, <laughs> and it's not a terrible song. It's just been overdone, you know. Um, you know, here's an interesting story. For earlier this spring, I had I had like a there was a birthday party at the at the at the gig, mm-hmm. and they were having a good time, and they they weren't there for me, and I you know, but it was fun, and uh, it was the first time ever somebody um, got a paper plate from the from the bar and a sharpie, and wrote down like. 16 songs <laughs> <laughs> and none of which I could do <laughs> so it was like oh and a couple of them had like swear words in them. <laughs> it was like Debbie Does Dallas I can't remember what the, like I had never even heard of the song and I don't know if they were just trying to get a chuckle out of me but at least I could perform some of the artists that they requested mm-hmm. so they, they got happy with that and we all we all it all worked out but you know um, when I can accommodate a cover it's great and then, uh, but my goal is usually like, hey, man, you might like one of these songs of mine that you've never heard, too. You know, check it out. <laughs> I have to ask, because I was on vacation. I just cause I got back from vacation. We went to Florida. We stayed. I uh, went to Miami, but we stayed in Universal, one of the Universal hotels uh, for like two nights. And they had a guy that was playing, just him and his guitar, and he was playing covers throughout the whole night. What is the most, I didn't know, they, first I didn't know they had those in, in those hotels, so I thought that was pretty cool. But what is like the most unique place that you played? 
Ooh, yeah. You know, there's always, um, I get asked that sometimes, and I can go down like the laundry list of, there's a picture of me with the thrifty ice cream cone dancing next to me for the <laughs> Rite Aid grand opening. That was kind of wild. But I've played at bowling alleys and miniature golf courses, and there's this place in Texas called Happy Super Happy Fun Land, <laughs> which <laughs> was this huge warehouse that they had collected like Raggedy Ann and Andy dolls. Oh, that'd to, be to Matt, It was and like clown theme stuff and um it it wasn't good and uh (laughs) sorry sorry texas or happy super fun land whatever i won't be invited back there but um that was maybe this one of the stranger um you know entrances of where am i am i ever gonna leave this warehouse (laughs) and see i like stories like that and i said before like yeah we're in the studio normally we do um guest up at the gazebo uh, but I knew the rain was coming. I don't want to lug my Mac up in the rain. So we came to the studio, about to get finished. But had you been to the studio or to the gazebo, you would have realized, like I said, before this is all family-owned land. We have like nine acres out here. Um, there's a family graveyard behind the house, and it's right next to the gazebo. And usually I don't tell guests till they get there. So <laughs> they like, they're like like freaking out. It's like, where am I? You know, you're in the middle of the woods, and there's a gazebo, Jesse, and we're sitting here talking music, and it's getting dark. You know, I'm going, I'm leaving. <laughs> Too bad it's not like yeah, the end of October would be the perfect time to get some real sensitive guests. Oh, <laughs> oh and I had one, and I've I've told the story, and it, Allison's going she's gonna kill me. But she, we, there's a lady. Her the band name is Life Is Mary, right? Uh, she came up here on the show, and we did the did a podcast. And it was October. It's funny you said that. It was October, almost around Halloween, and so we sit out there, and it gets dark because. She came from Atlanta, so she had a long drive. She didn't get here to like 6.30, maybe 7 o'clock. And by that time, it's already starting to get dark. So we're out there and doing the episodes like 7, about 8.30 maybe. And it was like pitch black. And all of a sudden, now stuff is like running through the woods, the squirrels and the deer. And she said, Jesse, what is that? Is, it, is this haunted? What is that? And it was so funny. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so many things racing through my brain oh but yeah <laughs> i want to do a um like a, a you've seen like the netherworld and like the the horror halloween theme parks that they do like six flags new six flags oh sure yeah i want to do something here i thought about it because i got i got enough land and have like actors dressed as zombies walking through the graveyard and then take people on a tour around the whole property line and just have people running out in the woods scaring the hell out of them. That's, that, to me, would be fun, and I would make a little bit of money, and I would, I would love it. And there's always great music at Halloween, too. You can make a great playlist. Yes. <laughs> now, do you say you go off by yourself. You do mainly by yourself. Do you have a band that meets up with you sometimes, too? What's great is I, I, I do have uh, regional you know, folks that do know my songs. I have great studio support back home, you know, after-hours recorders. And so, yeah, depending on the situation and the, and the timing with you know, their other right. endeavors, acts, uh, bands, jobs, all those good things, um, when, it, when the meter needs it, it, it is nice. And I wish I could take them out more often. Once in a while, I'll get lucky, and I'll be able to have a duo trio, you know, from, like, Seattle to San Francisco stretch on the West Coast. But, um, yeah, knock on wood, maybe we'll get back to a different day and convince a couple characters to come do these giant miles with me. (laughs) But we'll see. It's always one... One day at a time or in one year at a time, too. You know, you never know when this train's going to end. And uh, you want to be, you know, back where you 
where you have good connections and can be local and be happy with music and everything like that too. Yeah, because I mean, you're driving around in a van by yourself those those many miles. I mean, this. I don't know. I could probably keep myself busy because I'm I'm loving music. I'm singing and dancing or doing whatever. But it's got to be it's got to be hard on you. Yeah, you go through the cycles. You know, maybe do the news in the morning, have your coffee, and then maybe switch over to a podcast or Spotify playlist, something like that. All the Georgia Songbirds have. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) get all your music fixed, and then you're like, okay, twiddle your thumbs. Oh, I need gas. Maybe you know, stretch your legs, type of thing. You know, do your schedule. You know, maybe a little social media, promote the show. How far do I gotta get? What time you gotta get there? All those things. But yeah, there's sometimes gaps where I really want to write down ideas. Mm-hmm. Like you're having a really good day or you had an inspirational night the night before and you want to jot things down and that gets a little, you know, sketchy. You can do some dictation on your phone or try to scribble down notes when you stop. But, you know, you don't want to you don't want to keep your eyes off, especially in a bigger vehicle. There's you got tractor trailers <laughs> passing me, you know, you know <laughs> things like that. But every day is a little different adventure. And some, you know, some days I have bigger drives than others. And, you know, I can kind of plan around it and try to, I, like, you know, I, I, I'm on my laptop, you know, at least a couple times a week. So I seek out, um, you know, places mm-hmm. that are interesting, whether it's parks or coffee houses or um, I see a lot of libraries, good air conditioning, especially this time of year. And, uh, you know, it's always an adventure to meet people that way, too. But, yeah, there, there is a when you're doing it all and you can't switch the driving or you can't, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I can't be the uh, the starlet in the back, you know, <laughs> eating bonbons and writing my new <laughs> hit song. Um, you know, maybe someday I'll get the chauffeur treatment. <laughs> right. Driving around on a bus and... <laughs> And just sitting on a bus playing music all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I get to call the shots for the most part, too. That, you know? That's cool. And, uh, uh, I have to get some advice from you here eventually because my wife wants to retire. Like she's sheriff's office a couple of years. She gets retirement. And so she wants to go hike the Appalachian Trail. Awesome. And she said, so what, Jesse, what you need to do is get a van and put, a, put your lounge chair in the van so you can sleep in it and then drive up and down the trail playing at these gigs. So I have to get some advice from you how to... Set nice. all that stuff up. And make sure you got a case of Gatorade for her and for her pit stops, too. Oh, yeah. You said case. First thing, I thought it was beer. I was like, oh, my God, I do Well, that case. was for you. Yeah. <laughs> Seek out a good cooler first. Well, listen to one of your songs. Which one do you want to play first for us? Yeah, I'll play uh, the, the first track off of the, the new record. It's called Stardust Saltwater. And you got to tell us a story behind it, too. Because I had to hear those. You bet. This is probably the first song that um, really came to completion during 2020 when I was uh, figuring that normally I'd be playing shows at that time and I jumped out into the forest you know we have we have the Pacific Crest Trail out west um, not unsimilar to the Appalachia Trail and she does want to do that one too it's a good one <laughs> yeah a little more harsh probably uh, dramatic weather changes from the people I've heard but I've only done sections of uh, you know I can't, oh, okay. s- I can't speak to the the, the marathon hikers but uh it's beautiful though it's really fun and um so anyway i, I, I need to get off grid get my brain clear uh, so i was planning on like maybe three days of fishing and camping songwriting and um just kind of i'd be out of cell range blah 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 and um and uh so it it like Nothing went as planned as from, from the beginning. This thunder and lightning storm came in and started the first wildfires in Northern California for that for the 2020 season. And so, it's inspired both by um, just some just random visual events of rolling into this remote campground and then the storm coming in. You know, fighting your own battles in your brain during the um, the pandemic shutdown, the civil unrest, the politics going on in 2020. It all you know coming together. Basically, it's the questioning everything you're doing and 
the, all the unknowns and all the uncertainties and all the arguments that are going on everywhere and kind of befuddling and getting it down into something creative and, and joyful. So, and, um, so it's called Stardust Saltwater, and I uh, hope you dig it. Now, before we play, you, you said something that made me think about it. Like you said, you're canoeing and playing guitar. Have you ever taken a guitar string and used it for a fishing line? Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, if, I have not. Well, that's country for you, right? I do, but I do have uh, hats for sale that I have a, are a moose in a canoe. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember as a kid finding, I'd, I'd crawl under the store and, uh, and find uh, hooks, fishing line, bottle caps, anything that I could make and then go dig up earthworms and <laughs> I would catch fish off the dock. And that was a little bit country. <laughs> right, let's get some uh, levels on you before you start. Go ahead, play. All right, take it away. Well, she walks like a pixie, talks like a ghost. Must feel so lonely driving alone, but her sundress is flowing. Her hat of gold, a perfect day plan with nowhere to go. Stardust, saltwater, someone, son or daughter. So I hit the last side. No lottery winnings, just comma points With summer storms passing and we'll light a fire Tell stories of good times Echoes and pine needles dance in the skies Stardust, saltwater, someone, son or daughter I know and believe to be true I'm living in light insanity like there's 500 KBs making your teeth bleed stardust and saltwater eternity stardust saltwater someone son or daughter stardust Saltwater, oh, someone, son or daughter And I am the richest person you know I'm a privilege of wonder like silver or gold Never feeling so small to the canyon's walls Drum roll of streams sleep like a baby and eat like a king there is no better place in the whole world to be than up in these mountains clearing your brain stardust saltwater or someone son or daughter well he walks like a pixie Acts like he's free 
Ever so lonely sitting under this tree with his dirty feet soaking His hat a green one perfect day cancelled still living this dream Stardust, salt water or oh, someone, son or daughter Stardust, salt water and someone son or daughter Oh, I am the richest person you know I'm a privilege of wonder like silver gold Never feeling so small to the canyon's walls Drum roll of nice thank you very nice you're very controlled you can tell that you've been playing a long time you're i feel out of control i'm gonna take the headphones off for the next song <laughs> is it weird listening to yourself when you're playing headphones it's just a you know my favorite part about acoustic music is um and, it, and it's specifically this guitar is, is like hand-picked for my voice uh-huh. and so I, when i'm out of whack with hearing the acoustics a little bit I, I feel a little uncomfortable. Uh-huh. I feel like that was okay for for what we're doing and everything, but I did. Th- I, I wasn't in my. I wasn't locked in right there. Well, that's. I good. shouldn't be telling anybody that. That's like uh, r- rule one. Don't don't uh, disclose that kind of information. Secrets. Trade secrets. <laughs> well, then that, what we'll do next time is uh, I'll take those headphones because I, I g- always give the guests the good headphones. You know, I should probably buy <laughs> buy headphones. <laughs> And then I'll, I'll tune, that way I can hear it in, because a lot of times I can't hear what you hear on those. Like this, it's muffled. It's like that, it's like so tight and perfect, you can hear everything. Gotcha. So I'll have to listen to it, so we'll get you in. <laughs> All good. I appreciate it. I like, it's a very visual song. Yeah, that was the intention there. Is uh, It was probably catharsis for me first, because I wanted to paint brightness mm-hmm. and uh and you know, kind of talk myself off the ledge of no, you gotta keep going and keep doing this, and it's important. <laughs> it made me think. I don't know why. I guess because my wife has been watching it. Have you ever seen that show Alone? It's like a reality show. It's admittedly one of my favorite shows ever. Is it? Yeah. She got. She tried to get me to watch that. I'm like, first of all, why would they do that? Why would you take and just go out there in the middle of the wilderness and do nothing? That's that's crazy. <laughs> There's a guy from Reading on. Uh, I yes. think season seven. <laughs> what season are they on now? I want to say nine. Okay. Um, I always wait till it comes out on the on their website or the st- one of the streaming platforms. But uh, yeah, Joe, I'd had beer with a, uh, a beer with Joe before and uh, down at the pub, and he was working out at Whiskey Town, and all of a sudden, he's throwing a rock at a squirrel and eating food, <laughs> like <laughs> building himself a cabin in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Those people are crazy. And, and uh, she told me she said they don't have. It's not like a camera crew. It's basically you take like a little GoPro or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do like wellness checks. They come out and do wellness checks every few days. Yeah. You don't have a camera crew. It's not like uh, there's other people there keeping it, you company. <laughs> yeah, it's not Survivor. Now I could I could stand the being in there by myself and out in out in the wilderness and nobody around. I don't know if I could do it like though. I don't want to be in harsh conditions. Yeah, there's the harsh conditions and then the limitation of 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 supplies. Like they they don't just like give you a rifle and full fishing gear. Right. You're with you're like with ten twelve limited capacity items which makes survival like 10 times harder so it'd be it would be hard enough to have like full 100 pound pack you know and all <laughs> the survival gear you want it probably can last a year a lot easier than what those guys are able to do yeah th- they are definitely uh 
containing the squirrel population out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I shouldn't say guys. What's what's amazingly is there's usually about 30, 40% women yeah. that really impress the pants off of, of, of us. There was one, and I, I don't know if it's season nine she showed me, the, the lady was, and all I could think of, have you ever seen a movie without a paddle, the, the tree ladies that are in the trees? Uh, that doesn't ring a bell with me. Well, she was like a, I don't say a tree hooker, but she was like one of those type of people that's like very, hip, like from the hippie ages, you know, and she was just killing it out there. I was like, oh my God, you know, and then you get another guy who's like plays video games, wants to go out and do that. And I'm like, dude. And then there's one, I think, I think the first one she said they got knocked off was he's bragging how good he was. And then he ended up getting like a parasite or something. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, Some man. of this the things that just it happens immediately they have a great day and then all of a sudden the next day it's all 100 percent downhill <laughs> See, why would you do that to yourself I, I i couldn't do it i mean i guess it's good entertainment to watch but not me personally i'd rather i'd rather do like a luxury hotel game that would be me <laughs> let's see if i can survive in in beverly hills hotel beverly hills hotel will release grizzly bears next <laughs> on history channel <laughs> right <laughs> Can you survive the package of gummy bears? <laughs> you ever seen that movie Troop Beverly Hills? That would be me. <laughs> I do remember that one. <laughs> That's a funny movie. So what, um, you got your new album out. Yes, right? sir. It's called Lantern Shade. Uh, what's the significance? Is there a significance why it's called Lantern Shade? Is there a story behind that? Well, uh, the, the working title until almost the very end was The Dark and the Light. Okay. And that's what I named the tour. And um, I decided to shift at the last minute because there was another California singer-songwriter that used the same title for a release the year before. <laughs> and I decided ah, I need to have it unique. And a majority of these songs were written out on the uh, camping. And so I kind of... It's kind of a little bit of a double entendre of the lantern shade nostalgia and you know throwing shade on the on the world a little bit, but it's not a it's not a downer album and it's not exactly a pandemic concept album either. It's a little mix of everything, but uh, but it's, it's you know there's a, a you know painting on the cover of my my uh, good friend who's a portrait artist down in New Orleans, Sean Randall. It's an oil painting and uh, that's a painting. Yeah, and oh, the, wow. so it's an antique you know bold broken lantern that I've I've been carrying around for a long time and inherited from my adopted grandma Emma from Franklin County North Carolina and uh, it's an old stand there for my pal Sonny and it's just kind of a unique you know, color scheme and um, but yeah it's kind of more of the theme of the, uh, the campfire influence of uh, writing a lot of these songs in the woods now this isn't your first e- album or EP is it? have you got more music you got too yeah this is my fifth studio album okay. a full-length studio album and uh, I've had other projects and live projects and demos and things like that but uh, yeah, this is kind of the you know, 10 songs. I wrote them all except for uh, Shady Grove's old traditional song and got a couple co-writes on there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun um, package. I'm still pretty proud of it. You know, we're, we're a year later and I can still listen to it, which is really important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to be able to li- See, I think, so, and I'm one, I don't really like listening to myself sometimes. <laughs> I just, and not because it's not good. It's just like when I grew up, I had a speech impediment. So to hear myself talk or sing is weird so naturally i started a podcast and a band and forced myself to do that but That's i mean good. like when i'm sitting here and somebody's listening to my music i always ask guests because i mean why do you get nervous talking to me and don't be nervous but when i'm on the other end of it i can totally see why because you're listening to yourself you're putting yourself out there as a songwriter and it's like you got to sit there for three minutes or four minutes and like watch the reaction of one person a lot different than being in a crowd or being like the background noise right 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 yeah you know 
it took me a while. I mean, with these albums, you, you've listened to the, the tracking so much at, by the end that I do like putting it down. And then and it's fun when you, know, when you do the release, it's usually a little later and you kind of, you know, it's the start of the project really for everybody else. But, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you've been grinding on it for a year usually. And uh, so now, yeah, I, I, I'm over that. I can listen to myself and I, I don't purposely just go and listen to myself all the time. But it's good rehearsal, I find, too. Um, and also learning about like uh, you know record yourself live record your practices your band practice all that you learn about do's and don'ts that you don't you start getting bad habits or subtleties and you're like oh I don't want people to hear me draw out the word sometimes (laughs) I don't know that was a bad example but (laughs) sometimes we get in habits and you don't realize it until you go back and listen to yourself Mm -hmm. and put yourself under a microscope which can be good and bad so that's why sometimes it's awesome to have third party ears um you know kind of like give feedback and yeah. and, and you know and then and trade feedback with with people you trust and love and you know like that you can be critical you know not critical but you know give honest feedback that we right. always don't do in the real world too so to be nice or just to play you know in, in the in the pool or you know whatever but uh a lot of times we, do, we, get, we don't get real feedback out there on the on the social media it's all you know a little bit fabricated for for yeah. looks yeah, and and see, that's one thing I do with here is like, I won't ever like critique it in a, in a, a negative way because I just I, I don't think that's part. Of, I mean, that's part of everybody's journey. You got to be able to deal with that, but I don't think f- from my vantage point of it, you should have to deal with it from me because I'm I'm a singer songwriter. I'm here just for the stories, right? Now, if you're trying to get a publisher to hear it or something like that, yeah, they're gonna listen to. And I'm glad you brought this up because this gets us to a very interesting topic and a very direct conversation. Is they're only going to listen to about 30 seconds to a minute, maybe. Right. A&R. A&R. And if, you've, if you're trying to pitch your songs, there's a difference between writing for yourself and writing for recognition. I'm going to say it that way. Because they're going to get about 30 seconds, maybe a minute if, if they really like it. And then they're going to go to the next song. So when you're promoting yourself or you're pitching yourself that way, it's got to be like quick and, and you got to hit the hit what you want to say and do it. But songwriters in general have a hard time. And I know, and even Grammy nominated ones do. I know they still do it sometimes. Have a hard time with getting to the story. They mm-hmm. want to, or they, or maybe they paint too much of a story instead of telling you like, okay, this is like this one moment in time is what you need to describe. But you described five years in that moment <laughs> and you skip part of the moment that they want to hear about. <laughs> yeah it's a double it's a double-sided coin and I, I i have these like quotes written usually like when i'm i'm brainstorming or i keep like extensive song notes for new song ideas for mm-hmm. the next album i'll even write down like you know fake set uh, fake song lists things like that but that what you just said reminded me of one of my favorite quotes from tom petty which is kind of maybe the other side of that coin is don't bore us get to the chorus <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, you know, his genius is that he can tell a story, but keep you locked in and melodically, like, you know, mm-hmm. keep your foot tapping and want you to push play again on those those hits of his. And that's <laughs> another thing. Not every song has to be sad <laughs> or sad sounding. It could be because I've heard some of the saddest songs with some of the fastest tempos and people are just singing and dancing around. And most people, all they remember is the hook of the song. They're listening to the chorus and the hook. You know, 
I'm, and I'm bad about it too. Is I want to tell a story. I think like the first verse should be important, and then second, starting the second verse should be important. But all they usually remember is the hook of the damn song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did it make you feel good? Did you? Did you? Uh, did something stick in your head from the melody or mm-hmm. the chorus line? You know, you wake up thinking about it. Or did you want to hear it again? <laughs> I, I could. I could sit there and listen to. And t- you talk about Tom Petty. He. They did. Have you seen that video of him and Prince and all them doing when uh, my guitar gently weeps? Ooh. Because Prince is on it. I love that song, too. This was a few years back, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Hall of Fame. It's, it's been a while, but yeah, I, I recall. And what what was amazing is like how tight they were for probably never have rehearsed that. Right. That's that's the professional when you talk about like a band. That's what you want as a band. Like somebody to sit down and like, oh, okay, what are you doing? Perfect. All right. I got it. Yeah. The admitting that we're all not guitar heroes and perfect pitch and all those and that sometimes it takes more rehearsals than than <laughs> than yes. what those guys have to do this far into their careers practice 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 <laughs> and keep practicing and you hit the you hit the nail on the head it's 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 fun to do that and as a band it's, it's so great and i've said this before on a podcast when you hit that and you click and the band is just grooving together in time and in that pocket there's not much else that can beat it right and what my my buddy Morgan always says is, is is throw it at the wall live too. You know you don't know there's a difference between the the band space and then actually doing it in front of people. And it's like ten practices playing a gig. You know mm-hmm. especially when you're a little more green in your in your performance history. Oh yeah, and the tempo usually changes when you go live. <laughs> <laughs> I always say at the end of the song like, well boys, I just got a speeding ticket for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I always wondered why. I guess it's nerves for people. It's just playing it and you're like so excited and for me i don't know about you when i'm when i'm playing writing a song is one thing but when i'm playing it i'm thinking in my head where the song is going the chords but the music the people think that songwriting oh you should be able to remember the words to your own song i have forgotten so many words to my songs it's not even funny and yes i did write the song but no i can't remember the words <laughs> yeah that's what prompters are for and it, yeah everybody's a little different in that and um you know, and when we get older, we we <laughs> we seem to lose <laughs> faculties of eyesight and hearing and memory, mm-hmm. and it, it's a reality. And uh, it's you know, uh, I've watched you know pros from Chris Christopherson to Lucinda Williams have to you know change in their careers for the teleprompter use, and so it's a reality. But um, you know, the song's yours, so own it. But even if you need the lyrics to your own tunes, there's nothing to be embarrassed by there for sure. But yeah, back to the tempo thing. I think it's just a natural. We get excited, like, oh yeah, we're really, we're really nailing this, and we're gonna pick it up, and or driving the drummer to go play faster because <laughs> you're like the songwriter or the rhythm player. <laughs> I've been guilty of that. <laughs> I'm the rhythm player, and it's funny you, you mentioned that because I'm, I've all, and I've said before, as a songwriter, I'm horrible with time. I just am because I write the song. I'm sitting down on my guitar. Right, you give me a drum beat and stuff, I'll I'll fix it. But when I'm writing it, I'm not counting, I'm not doing anything. And if you put a click track in my head, it it's like it makes me tick. It's like my eyes start ticking and I can't stand the sound of it, and I, it just throws me off. Mm-hmm. But I, you give me a, I said, you give me a speed up a drummer, I'll mess up a drummer. <laughs> I need a good drummer. And Patrick, who I know I'm sure you're listening, he's our drummer. Uh, we've messed each other several up several times. <laughs> I was like, don't follow me, follow follow James, follow follow Jordan. That's the charm of live music right there, though. <laughs> <laughs> that and breaking strings. And, and I wish, I don't know if you can see if I have any close by. I know there's someone there. As you're talking about like the tempo and you're playing so fast. That's why I play with soft picks, because I'll break the picks 
without breaking the strings. Because I'll get into the guitar play and I'm grooving and I'm hitting that thing so damn hard. That's economically wise, too. Yes. So <laughs> I carry a whole bunch of bag of, of, of picks. And when I break it, I usually throw it out in the crowd. There's your broken pick, somebody. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's do another song. Which one do you want to do next? I'm going to do a brand new tune that uh, we released uh, standalone this spring just okay. a couple months ago. It's called The Mountain Echo. And um, you know, I, I mentioned Clarksdale, Mississippi, You know, asking about ven- cool venues. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it was my 25th high school uh, reunion on that night. you got to be and my age then. <laughs> if I'm dating myself. but um, So they reached out. I, I couldn't make that reunion. I was um, in Mississippi, and that was up in, in New York State. And, okay. uh and but they asked if I could live stream the show for them. It was the 25th year, and um, so I played this song for them. It's uh, our yearbook. There, it's called the Mountain Echo, and um, uh, we were in that building together for 13 years, K through 12, small small school, that is rural small America. School. Yeah, and so all 30, 36 of us, I think, that graduated <laughs> class of '97. But in my brain, so I was on the road last summer, and um, I'm like, oh man, the Mountain Echo, you know, that'd be cool cool folky song you know and so it's just kind of like nostalgic a little bit of visual but um also that 13 years that's a long stretch as a young human being and and especially when um you're in, in a very small town it was like you know four or five little tiny villages and i would it was 16 miles to school so it was big bus rides and cold winters and you just couldn't wait to go see the world and what's next you know and you're, you're it's like you're fighting fighting time but what you don't realize is that that time never you never get it back you that's know? right <laughs> that's right well this is plugged in Shades of fall run in the boundary mile While the subtle bite of winter Lines your eyes to the first hint Of spring's warm summer skies Old Caden shouts out to the mountain And we recited all the words to gymnasium songs Dancing in the dark till it was time to go home with cream colored halls. A cigarette hue. I never stepped inside again. I gave it all to you. Never ending time, fleeting like falling stars in the shadow of the mountain echo. Maybe greener fields they're out there to find When the hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Daydreams of leaving we would ride for hours While the longest days they seem to go on Forever and what we search for may have always been there In the end, didn't care. Never ending time, fleeting like falling stars in the shadow of the mountain echo. And maybe greener fields 
they're out there to find When the hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Oh, hills can be the hardest mountains to climb Now an eagle flies by Hiawatha's ghost Like a gentle fog rising above those fields below In the mountain we'd leave behind Still be there when we're old Oh, for the next ones to hold Never ending time, fleeting like falling stars shadow of the mountain echo and maybe greener fields they're out there to find when the hills can be the hardest mountains to climb oh hills can be the hardest mountains to climb yeah hills can be the hardest mountains to climb your headphones back you sure sorry you're just talk i'm gonna edit some of this out too right on <laughs> that's why like i said i always pre-record them and then i'll and then i'll uh, put everything on later um might be a lot of john denver oh. i was sitting thinking take me home country road and yeah yeah i cover that one every once in a while who's who's some of your influences well it, it ranges all over the map i, I grew up near canada okay. and so half the media um as a child was Canadian TV and radio. And, um, and the other half was commercial, you know, um, you know, from New York city to Boston, you know, New England. So I have a wide range. Um, I grew up in a rock and roll household mm-hmm. first. And, um, and then I got more into, uh, folk and country music as an adult. And so it was more of a shift from uh, classic rock. And, um, and I was a kid in the eighties and nineties, you know, between, that change in American pop music and then into the grunge movement. And, um, but what I always gravitated towards even in those days is when, um, somebody would pick up an acoustic guitar and maybe do a ballad or, um, cover, and, you know, the unplugged series mm-hmm. or, you know, I remember those series. I yeah. Love those. And so you kind of get the, the song naked and you, you hear it differently and, and there's just something about that. And so, um, for me, the acoustic guitar is, you know, probably my favorite instrument. And I do play harmonica as well. I just didn't bring them in. <laughs> so give me an excuse to come have me back next time. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, um, but in any case, you know, the, the question of influences, it, it ranges all over. So I, um, I, it's not the first time John Denver's 
come up, but I don't have John Denver records, for example, and never did. But, um, you know, um, my tastes go all over and I've, I've listened to all, all genres. And so, you know, I, I always list, you know, some of the classics like the Bob Dylans, who I, I just saw in concert again in June on <laughs> at the beginning of this tour, which uh, 82 years old is pretty darn good. And, um, and that range is like, I mentioned Canada, my favorite band probably ever is the Tragically Hip from Kingston, Ontario. They're in the Canadian Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A lot of folks, you know, aren't as familiar with them in the United mm. States, but it, it ranges. Um, I, I really got into the Texas songwriters for a while, and there's I'm a lot of influence from, you know, the Steve Earls, Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, um, you know, that kind of vein of the history of songwriters there into, you know, the Nashville and Appalachian Mountain um, influences from um, mountain music to bluegrass to, you know, we talked about um, the, the old blues, mm. um, you know, the, the, uh, the old classic guys uh, with acoustic guitar on their porches and running from radio station to radio station on, on next to nothing. Um, so I always list Lead Belly as one of my biggest influences, for example. And then, you know, like I was in Muddy Waters and Johnny John Lee Hooker's territory oh, yeah. you know, last week, and it's like, oh, I'm not worthy. <laughs> but um, And then I've lived in California for more than half my life now. And so the Bakersfield sound and the L.A. sound of the 70s and... Um, and then I'm not far, you know, from Portland and Seattle, which had that big 90s resurrection of more indie and edgy rock. And just try to absorb it all and find what you like and don't like. I always say, you know, there's, 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 it's all about the song, you know, and um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, I can put in a classical record and be happy as a peach if, uh, if I'm in the right mood for it, you right. know, but it might not be what I want, like after dinner on a Friday night either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm glad you said that. And what, I, cause you get new music. So what I'm going to do too, for you as well is I do a new music Monday. I started a Georgia songbird radio. I don't know if you know about that, but um, not only like this goes on the podcast, so it gets streamed to like uh, iHeart and, Spotify and all that you can download and stream it at any time but I do like a new music Monday like one's coming out tonight where I take the artists like 12 songs from artists from all over the world any genre doesn't matter and I play them and then I'll put them in rotation uh, into the to the radio station where it's regular rotation Uh, I'll do some of that with your songs too so thank you so much and I'll let you know before and the same thing like with the top 10 countdown uh, I'll put you at now that goes to other radio stations your music's fine like I can do. I can't do every genre on that just because it's other radio stations. They have kind of guidelines, but your music's fine. It it fits to what ninety nine percent of people want to hear. They want to hear folk music. They want to hear uh, story music. They want to hear good just good mountain music. You know, and I will. I'll put that in there for you. Let you know before it happens. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that, Jesse. Uh, I'm not a problem. So that's why I do this. Now, you, you said you're, you're kind of close to my age. So that's why I said my, my band man uh, name is Yes Ma'am. It stands for middle-aged men. That's what the, if you ever see the ma'am, that's what it's for. Because <laughs> you're dating yourself, and I'm, I'm only like two years older than that. <laughs> I graduated in 95, and I still remember the unplugged. You talk about unplugged. And the VH1, the... Um, what, storytellers. Story, yeah, the storytellers. What do they have that pop-up videos? I love that. Get the facts. Yeah. Oh, man, I used to listen. Guys, listen to music now. You don't have the same cool things. Yeah, you got more available and there's more options and you can listen to it. But, I mean, you're listening to TikTok and Reels and you're listening to 30 second songs. We were listening to the whole stories. We got to hear them unplugged. And I still, one of my favorite unplugged series was Stone Temple Pilots. Ooh, yeah. I, that's, I love that kind of music and just, and then listen to Chris Cornell when he would sing. I did not realize how good of a singer he was. I, I wrote 
because I get asked questions that I'm not prepared for sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I try to think about, and, and I was thinking, who are, who are my favorite voices? And Chris Cornell made that list. He, it's unmatched. Yeah. And, it's, and he is one of the first ones in that grunge movement that would, he would sit at home with his acoustic guitar and write most of those songs. Yeah. And write hundreds of songs that never saw the light of day. But his voice and an acoustic guitar blew me away, and he was one of the first ones to to do it. And they didn't let him do it all that often either, because right. we want the big show and everything, and, and we want mosh pits and we want commercially successful uh, radio play. But man, he was a heck of an artist, and I, his voice yes. is just crazy good, crazy good. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. And that's why we talk about like guys when you write music, you do it for yourself because it is a business, and you're if you're trying to be in the business part of it and you're going to let a record company to tell you what you can and can't do they're going to go by what they think is popular now same thing you talk about chris cornell they wouldn't let him do it why would you not that man could sing anything and it would made him money same thing like now with chris stapleton it took him years to get even heard and it's like it's unreal that people would not give him a shot i was like can you not hear the talent just because it's not what the radio, and I'm going to use quotations, would play, doesn't mean people won't like it. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's, it's not an artist issue. It's not a musician issue. It's the, it's the machine. It's the suits. <laughs> it's the damn suits. <laughs> and people buy it. They love it. I get it. And people say, oh, well, yeah. radio's dead. I don't, I don't believe that. No, it's not at all. It's hu- and it's w- wildly more influential than we realize because mm-hmm. it's f- it's it's forced media into millions of people's ears every day, mm-hmm. and we don't realize that it's forced upon us, and that they're repeating things that they want us to hear, and then we get used to it, or or we're like, oh, I really it is really hooky, and you know, oh, I'm finding myself tapping my toes to something that is so fluffy it has no meaning behind it whatsoever. <laughs> But Darn it, i got to get back to my songwriters. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's also with songwriters, how you find good songs. Like when you hear a song, yeah. it takes you a couple times to understand the meaning behind it. I mean, John Prine is a, probably like one of the best songwriters, and people didn't really start digging into what he did until like after his death. I mean, a lot of people did, obviously, but you know, he got more popular after death that people just started like, oh, he was actually really good. Well, he'd been good for years. You've been good to me for most of my life, yeah. Right, so... So there's a track on my new album called Mare Paths, Mare Paths Cross Again, and that's my prime tribute, so check it out. All right, absolutely. See, I wanted to, when I was a, a kid, my, my grandfather taught me guitar. Uh, well, taught me the basic GCD, kind of all you need. You know, I figured the rest of it out. But his biggest, I guess, I'll say man crush, because the person he really loved the most to let's do is George Jones. Yeah. And I wanted to meet George Jones and I'd just sit down and write and pick his ear for any length of time. I wish I could. I didn't get the chance. Um, who are some of your biggest people that you like, like right now? If you could sit down and pick somebody's ear, who would you do? Mm. Living or dead? Uh, living and dead. Do one <laughs> live if you have a living or a dead. But I, I gotta have a living one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's toughy. That's toughy. Let me. You know, for for active. Um, I, I, I just uh, I sit there and I have to re-listen to the songs because of the, the just ultimate songwriting prowess um, and unfortunately it's become a polarized figure because of politics um, is James McMurtry and um, his father 
um, and grandfather were both prol- prolific writers. And um, but James is a is an Austin, Texas guy, and um, he writes like a novelist, and then he's able to put it into Americana music and. Um, and their story songs, they're not always happy. It's kind of the, the underbelly uh, of, of a lot of his experiences of, of riding around um, America for many, many years. And then um, the polarization of places like Texas where there's so much all or nothing and so much great music history and culture and food and, and politics and everything is in Texas and it's bigger in Texas. And mm-hmm. he paints, he paints a, you know, an, uh, just a different side of the American dream in the American uh, fabric that I've, I've always admired. And, and I, I think the way he weaves, um, poetry and words and stories together is, is unmatched. So I'd love to just sit down at the continental club one night with a, with a cocktail and, and, and do that. What you describe there? <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, for for our past heroes, you know, I've already brought up the the Petty, and we talked about Prime. You know, those are big big folks for me. You know, um, maybe the Towns Van Zant, and um, through sober moments, and he was a polarized figure. I mean, we're bringing up more Texas guys too. Um, they brought a lot of different songwriting styles into the world, and um, you know, and that kind of the slant uh, with him and. Um, and Prime is Blaze Foley too in that and how those two Blaze and Towns and how they wrote is just different than anybody that I've, you know, like geeked out on. Right. And you have I just feel like with those guys and, and everybody we've talked about is you, you kinda have to live it. You can't just it doesn't just come out of your bedroom or the shower in the morning. That's like that's because you worked in the fields or you um, you had hard times or you got out and, and saw the country or saw the world and and uh, and, and got experiences not just uh, watching uh, YouTube or uh, being on social media or uh, being in a classroom, you know, as a kid type of thing. It's like you can tell the difference between the the doers and the the dreamers a little bit. And that's why I like co-writing. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't like five, six, seven co-writers on a song, but I do like, you know, one or two, three maybe co-writers on a song because, like you said, it's somebody lived it, you know. Now, there's so many experiences that you have and so much that you can write about, and you can and you can actually, like, read the newspaper and, and, like you said, look at stuff, see what goes on in the world and write a song, but there's somebody else that's lived it, and if you don't co-write, you're going to miss out on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. because they see it through different eyes. One of the biggest things I loved doing when I ran a songwriting group was to get songwriters come up with their song. Doesn't matter. If it doesn't have to be finished. It can be just new. And have somebody else sing it so you can hear mm. a whole different take on it. Because I know a lot of times when like if, and the, when you're if you get a big cut, they won't let the songwriter in the room while they're doing the song. Because <laughs> it's like, uh, no, you go away. They're, they they've got it. They're going to do it their own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 a great exercise, and um, it takes you um, out of your comfort zone doing co-writing. Even if you know the person well, mm-hmm. it's still a, a giant vulnerability to be compromising and trade ideas, and, and then vulnerable to yes, here take take this verse or this chorus that I just I think I'm so proud of and regurgitate it to me, you know, type of deal. <laughs> And uh, that brings up a great point. Like I'm, 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 I'm working with an artist out of Tallahassee for the first time, and I'm just, I'm featured like a Chris Stapleton right. to a Taylor Swift situation, and and she's amazing and has this beautiful voice and very thoughtful, and um, emotion like emoting lyrics type of thing. And I think it's gonna be really fun. But it's like this isn't what I normally do, and it, so it takes you know like. 
all right, I'm, I'm going to sing those lyrics exactly in the emotion that she's writing it from, a, you know, and trying to do the, the male female um, right. interaction thing. And that's, you know, it's like you have to kind of leave your, your ego at the door and be an actor a little bit and focus on here's my style that the reason you f- you like me is because what i've given you in the past mm-hmm. and they want to hear that um you know that styling but it's it's not my song necessarily type of thing but that's vulnerable for them for her to do too like it's a trust thing and um you, you don't get it unless you go out and do it and you usually have to do it more than once to like you know figure it all out too <laughs> now do you want to say her name can you say her name or anything i can yeah jen taylor out of tallahassee okay. and, and her band is indessa and they just released an ep it's really cool okay and uh, it's a cool little music scene down there i know we're on georgia songwriters we haven't spent some time talking about georgia we can do that too oh, I- <laughs> and see, that's what I do with everybody here is, yes, Georgia Songbirds. And we, I started by trying to uh, highlight the Georgia songwriters. And then, honestly, I didn't think many people want to sit down and talk to me. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it, see how it goes. And then, honestly, it just, I had people start reaching out from Nashville because I knew Nashville. And then it started getting from Canada because there's a huge Canada scene. Oh, fantastic. And then now the UK reaches out a lot to me. And I had one interview, the guy was like 13 hours ahead. I'm like, uh, okay, let me figure out what time I can do this. <laughs> you know, and it's because music, as much as people like say, well, this is my style, this is what I like, music is always subjective, but it's always going to be, it's always international. It's, a, it's an international language that everybody can speak. Mm-hmm. It's Indeed. Just, it, people love it. Yeah. They do. I'm, I see lightning and thunder, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to save this oh, and then we'll continue. That way it doesn't die. So we are back. <laughs> Guys, usually I don't do that, but there was a lightning and the thunder. I didn't want the, uh, I didn't want what we talked about to get erased. I appreciate that. Because <laughs> I was like, no, it's going to, I see lightning and I hear thunder and like, crap, it's going to, it's going to completely, I've had that happen before. Not like a, a storm, but like when I first started doing the podcast, we had a uh, local lady named Deborah Lynn Rodriguez, who's talented, great singer. And so I was recording her. And then I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit record while, while the stuff is going so I can record or sing it. It erased everything before, oh. and I didn't even notice it. I've learned from them. <laughs> I've, I've learned from that. <laughs> so we're going to do one more song live, and then I'll ask 20 questions. Um, so tell everybody before I go ahead and live with it, go ahead and explain what song you want to do, and then uh, kind of the story behind it. Yeah, sounds good. I'm going to do a, a song called River's Name, which is a little bit older uh, tune of mine it released on my 2015 album it's called help me run and uh this uh, is a, a song that usually makes the playlist every night i'll play it tonight as well it's a it's kind of a reminder of uh, don't forget where your water comes from don't forget where you where you grew up a little bit and uh i grew up in the Oswegatchie river which um fitting that into the songs uh, i think that was the original idea it was like well what do you rhyme that with and uh, <laughs> so i pretended to forget not to ever forget your river's name but uh <laughs> long, oh, <funnucky>. long story <laughs> short yeah yeah way down yonder on the chattahoochee <laughs> that's georgia right <laughs> Well, hey guys, my name is Jonathan Foster. I'm a singer-songwriter uh, out of Redding, California these days, and I'll be at the Copper Coin uh, in Woodstock, downtown Woodstock, Georgia tonight at uh, 8 o'clock. And uh, this is a tune of mine uh, called River's Name.
can recall the stories I didn't write them down about the river with the forgotten sound but when you close in your eyes you will see those days in the cloudless skies clearer than the water will ever be clearer than the water will ever be the bonfire glow boys and girls sharing echoes of songs from yesterday swimming under the moonlight when you close in your eyes you will see those nights when you looked at me clearer than the water will ever be clearer than the water will ever be in going down the hollow of that Lord muddy river mom well I'm headed for the mountains out here with my friends Growing up can be so far When it does, it's forever And you forget that You forget that river's name Oh, you forget that river's name I'm never content It never seems to fail Like the brandy colored water Out here the wind falls But when you close in your eyes You will see those days When you looked at me Clearer than the water Will ever be Clearer
Spotify Mirror, where you find music out there in the World Wide Web, or Jonathan Foster Music on social media, or JonathanFosterMusic.com. Good job. I uh, appreciate it, Jesse. Thanks for having me. No problem. Like I said, I, I like having... I'm glad you got to come on the show. I haven't had a, a live interview in a while. Right on. Uh, everybody's been doing Zooms, and I get that. And like I said, I, when I first started this, it was for local Georgia artists, and they did come on the show. Um, but like now, more people are reaching out from different states and different areas and it's like they obviously can't and the fact that you happen to be coming through georgia i thought it was very very cool that you swung by and started raining as soon as you got here (laughs) (laughs) i mean and i said bring sad songs with me (laughs) sad songs and rain that's right that's cool so um i've had fun again i want to thank you for coming on the show and I've got this is like the twenty question part thing. Oh, yeah. and I'll let you go because it's I know rapid you, fire. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> uh, I know you got to go get ready for Copper Coin, so you probably want you guys some food and stuff. So I won't I won't hold you up too much longer. I'm good. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So I ask every guest, and I don't know if you've listened to the show. So you, if you have, you know what's coming. If you hadn't, then you don't. Um, a hidden talent. We've talked about an hour and a half or so, so we know a lot about you. But what's a hidden talent? Um, I'm an avid birder. So I've seen like 600 species of bird. I'm very good at identifying animals. <laughs> What's your favorite bird? My favorite bird? Oh, the spruce grouse. And what does it look like? It looks like a, a black and white chicken with a red comb. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a woodpecker to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we all know that you, you sing your songs and you've been writing a lot of songs, but if somebody else could sing your songs, who would you want to sing them? Oh, goodness gracious. Um <laughs> Let's come up with something wild here. Um. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Cher to sing my songs. Cher. <laughs> you know, I don't know how old she is, but I don't think that woman ages. No. I know she's had plastic surgery, but she has a great plastic surgeon. She is still looks good to be. She's probably 70 by now, if that. You can hear her belting out some of my lyrics. Oh, my God. <laughs> just Like Jesse James is probably my favorite song. And, and uh, maybe just because my middle name is James, so <laughs> that I, I might be a little bit biased on that part. <laughs> um, you've been driving a lot, so you take, you're on the road. But what's a, what would be your favorite road trip? If you could take a road trip, where would you want to go? That's a good one. Um, probably places I haven't been. and uh, So I've never been to Europe, okay. for example. So maybe like... A, you know, a north to south Europe uh, road trip. That'd be cool. Hopefully somebody else is driving for me there. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember you're driving the opposite side of the road there. <laughs> My wife is from Germany, so we flew out to um, we flew out to Germany like in June. Hot, hot out there in June. And they don't believe in air conditioning as much out there. So everything is just open a window. And we had the kids with us. And it's like, you can't open a window with kids. It doesn't work. <laughs> and then, But... Their transportation system is pretty cool because you get on a train and go anywhere. So we got on a train and went to Paris, and we stayed in Paris. I stayed at the Holiday Inn in Paris. I know that's not fancy, but you know I saw I could afford. But I'm in Paris, people. I got to go to the the Louvre and I got to go see the Eiffel Tower, and it was so cool. Nice. So I think that's that's a pretty cool good road trip. Um, what's the last book that you've read? The first word. It's um. It's written by Phil Jameson. It's called Reels, Frolics, and it's a, it's a history of Appalachia dance. 
okay. and fiddle music, and I'm getting and I'm messing up the title of it uh, that has reels and frolics in the title. <laughs> it's a fantastic book if you're interested in some Appalachia history, music history, and uh, fiddle and traditional uh, Appalachia dance. See, I ask that question all the time, and I get these very sophisticated books and stuff like that. And I'm over here reading Harry Potter or <laughs> you know Stephen King stuff like that. I'm reading Cujo, so. <laughs> I have the li- I have the lives of, of the lives of the secret life of trees in my in my van right now. I don't get a lot of reading time when I'm doing these these drives. Do though. you like audiobooks? Do you listen? To- I can't stand audiobooks. I do so. podcasts. So I'll, I'll be listening to your podcast on this trip. They don't put me to sleep, but books on uh, electric books put me to sleep, and I can't really? so I can't drive to them. I think it's the perfect cadence of those amazing uh, readers on uh-huh. them. <laughs> well, you're not gonna get a perfect cadence out of me. I can promise you that right now. <laughs> This is real. <laughs> my son see my son says my voice puts him to sleep so he can't listen to the podcast. Oh. I was like, Whatever, son. That's fine. Wyatt. You've been you've been shamed on my station. Shame on you. Wait till the story he's gonna tell you at your graduation when you were a kid. <laughs> uh, he graduate he's uh, twenty five. He graduated oh. from um, he went to Georgia Southern and then he got his masters, I think, in Kennesaw. Oh wow. uh, he works for the Air Force now. So Dang. All right. We're proud of him. There's He's, no more graduation stories then. No, but I got some baby <laughs> stories. He's about to get married next year. I may bring some baby pictures. <laughs> Mess with me. <laughs> um, do you get to watch any T V? Do you have a favorite T V show that's coming out right now? Well, we talked about alone, you mm-hmm. know. Um I'm not a big T V and movie buff, but um, when I'm home with my sweetie, we we try to always have a show going on the on the streaming services, and um, you know that that alone we watch together. That's a good one for us. Um, on top of that, kind of in a show, a show hole, we call it a little bit right now. <laughs> um, but she she rattled off that like, oh, there's all these things coming out with new seasons, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them um, that we haven't seen in a while that is a little different than I normally get into is Peaky Blinders, and they, they're going to have another oh, season of that. Okay. I've seen that's up. where it's based in London, right? Like, yeah. like in the 1800s old, old, or something? Yeah, yeah. More, yeah, yeah, when the kind of the things are getting figured out in the underground. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I'm, I'm on the first season. I've watched some of that. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. It's well done. i got a lot of shows that I'll, I'll sit there and watch, but I don't have time, you know? Right. And then my kid's like, Daddy, watch this, and or watch that, or, you know, new movie comes out. i got to take him to see Thor great stuff <laughs> um if there was a movie done about your life who would play you <laughs> oh boy billy bob thornton <laughs> <laughs> that's the first i've never heard billy bob who was <laughs> billy poor billy bob billy bob thornton. Oh, he's a fantastic actor he is <laughs> he's a little out there i think most actors are but he's you have to be yeah yeah we were um I don't know if you watched the Marvel stuff. We were watching um, like Moon Knight, and the guy, Oscar Isaac, I think his name is, such an amazing actor. I didn't realize how good some of them actors really are. Yeah. Yeah, it's a talent that I do not possess. I can't even tell a joke on stage. I can recite 300 songs and thousands of lyrics, but I can't act and I can't tell jokes. That's <laughs> so a whole different talent. <laughs> I have a buddy I played football with uh, in high school. He's actually a professional comedian now. Nice. And uh, he's a big guy like me, got a beard, and his name is Dave Stone. I know it's David, but it's goes by Dave Stone. And uh, he makes this joke about being a fat vegan. He's like, yeah, I know. You wouldn't think you'd see a fat vegan. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, hilarious. David, I'm, I'm sure you're not listening. You're out in California, but dude, you're funny. Come on the show sometime. All that soy rizzo. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, 
You made me forget what I was going. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, hell, what was I going to say? I have these 20 questions I always ask, and I, I want to make more. I got to find more. I do like a, a list. And I got the idea for this game from uh, another podcast because I listen to a few, but I don't have time. Like I listen to the wrestling podcast sometimes. Um, but it's a country female. They like they listen to like country female artists that they, they highlight. And they were doing a 20 questions game. So I Googled 20 questions and they had kind of the same questions that they asked. Like, oh, okay, now I know where they got the idea from. <laughs> but uh, what is on your bucket three things on your bucket list well i already did i already brought up the europe thing mm-hmm. so i won't do that again but uh, i'd like to do a trans canadian train uh tour okay where uh you, you got your guitar on the train and do the west to east coast and, and play shows that'd be cool that'd be pretty wild that's a i think it's obtainable maybe not but we'll put it on the bucket list um I would like to get to i, I have one state left on my bucket list to visit and uh, it's alaska so I got to get up there to be and alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> it would be an intro. They're gonna have to give me more supplies, like maybe coffee too. But <laughs> uh, one last bucket list thing, um, man. I feel like I've done everything I've ever I've ever wanted to, but um, uh, I definitely would like to. To you know, my ancestry is all um, Scottish Irish, and so. Um, I guess that's a part of Europe, so, but um, I definitely need to go spend some time there yeah. and, and do some family history stuff and uh, kind of f- live and feel the culture a little bit and play some music. I just want to go to Ireland, take my accent, and talk to them with their accent and see. <laughs> so I want to hear the conversation. I'm going to record it, people. Who's going to bend first? <laughs> what, saying, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> I think that's so funny. All right, one more question for you, then I know you got to go get for Capricorn. Uh, what's the best advice you ever got? Oh, dang. These are great questions. Um, Thank you, Google. <laughs> Best advice I ever. <laughs> don't, what is it? Don't, don't sweat the small things, stupid. Isn't that, is that what it, the old adage is? But um, along those lines of, um, you know, ah, put on the spot here is, um, you know, just um, be genuine, be authentic. Don't don't fabricate. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I love that that line. And okay. and um, I've had I've been lucky to have um, mentors at different uh, stages in my life, like you know, school mentor, um, professional mentor, and then um, in, in in music and recording mentor. And um, that's Bruce Turgan out there in, in Redding, California. Used to be in the band Foreigner was his his biggest claim and oh, wow so That's he, he feed, <laughs> he's able to feed me you know the big world thoughts and and you know and then we we discuss and talk about how to feed it into the little world of you know how to separate you know not sweating the small stuff or mm-hmm. feeding into uh, different things that are out of your control type of deal and i always take those life experiences for people that have had success uh, to heart of like you know i don't have to um, you know try to be a superstar you know fit in the shoes of, of some of the people I've been very lucky to come into contact right. with. It's just be yourself. Everyone else is taken, but be genuine and, you know, be true to, to what you're doing. And, and that's good advice. And like I said, guys, uh, this episode will be out in a few weeks. I'll let you know before it comes out. Um, also, I'll put your song into the like, top 10 countdown uh, when it does air. And then like with New Music Monday that we do, I'll have it. Um, I'll play some songs of yours from the record that you that you gave me. 
uh, and let them know. And like I said, that, that humming, guys, you probably hear in the back is the the air conditioning. But if I didn't have it, we'd be out here sweating. Keeping us cool. Ass off. <laughs> so c- come back. Eventually, I'll have this finished, and I'll have central heating in there, and this will be nice. And I'll have, like, the fireplace in there, and I'll have, like, D-log, so it looks like a log cabin all the way around. It'd be it'd be something else. Oh, I'd like to do the gazebo and graveyard next to And too. the gazebo, yep. <laughs> that one, like I said, I knew it was going to rain, so I didn't want to do that. But I was like, okay, I need to, and I need to go up there and cut some grass around there too. So, honest, tell you the truth, <laughs> it's it's I let it go because nobody's been up there for a while, and I was like, okay, well then I'll just I'll, I'll cut the grass when I need to. And I, I looked this morning. I'll be honest, I saw the interview pop up. I was like, who's that? <laughs> I'm like. Who did I, how did I talk to him? And so I, I got, because I get all these messages from, from Messenger or Instagram. So I'm going through all my messages. I can't find him. <laughs> and then I looked at my email. I was like, oh, okay. I, know, I, I searched. I had it on my calendar too. And I searched it. I thought, oh, man, we haven't talked since like February. Right. <laughs> He's not going to remember me. <laughs> and, and, and that happens. And I don't do it on purpose. My memory is so bad. And guys, like, if, if you ever want to be a guest on a the show, then, and, I try to put it in when I talk to you so that I know it's in the calendar and then at least it's there. Cause it's like when I go grocery shopping, I got to have a list. If, if it's not written out, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not going to remember anything <laughs> at all. So thank you, John, for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And tell them one great. more time where they can find you at all your social media website, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, Jonathan Foster music, you know, on the Facebooks and the internet, uh, Instagrams, and you can find me on, on Spotify and the YouTube uh, under that and, uh, or Jonathan Foster music.com where, where all the goods are fit to publish to the interwebs. But, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for your interest in the music and, uh, find me wherever you listen out there. Yes. And, uh, I'll put one of your finished songs at the end too. Uh, but his new album, guys, Lantern Shade, is out now, so you can go stream it, download it, buy it, um, all that, all that stuff. Yeah, and we'll see you on down the road. Find a show that's near you, or or, or email, phone a friend, yep. send him my way. That's right. <laughs> uh, so thank you guys for listening. That's Jonathan Foster. This is the Georgia Songbirds. <laughs> in the summertime apples in the fall if i can't have the girl i love i don't want none at all shady grove my little love shady grove i know shady grove my little love i'm bound for shady grove cheeks as red as a blooming rose her eyes the deepest green all the darling of my heart Come and watch the moon with me I wish I had a big fine horse Corn to feed him on The shady grove Stay at home Feed him when I'm gone Shady grove My little love Shady grove I say Shady grove My little love I'm bound to go I wish I had a guitar string made of golden twine Every tune that I'd play on it, I wish that girl were mine I wish I had a needle and thread that golden twine I'd sew Sew that pretty girl to my side, on down the road we'd go 
Shady Grove, my little love, Shady Grove, I know. Shady Grove, my little love, I'm bound for Shady Grove. See, when I was just a little boy, I wanted a ball of knife. Now, all I want's a pretty Shady Grove. Say she'll be my wife. Some come here to fiddle and dance. Some come here to bury me. Some come here to walk and tramp. I come here to marry. Shady Grove, my little love. Shady Grove, I say. Shady Grove, my little love. I'm bound to go. I went to see my shady grove. She was standing in the door, shoes and stockings in her hand, little bare feet on the floor. It's from pretty shady grove, sweeter than brandy wine. There ain't no girl the whole wide world who's prettier than mine. My little love, Shady Grove, I know Shady Grove, my little love, I'm bound for Shady Grove Shady Grove, my little love, Shady Grove, I say Shady Grove, my little love, I'm bound to go Shady Grove, my little love, Shady Grove, I know Shady Grove, my little love Well, I'm bound for Shady Grove